Steve! Yes, Master. Is that your costume? Yes, Master, yes. I told you we were doing a couple's costume this Halloween. Well, I wanted to go as Batman. In fact, I want you to call me Batman all night. But I am dressed as Princess Peach! Without a Mario, I'm just a vampire in drag! Forgive me, Master. Please do not torture me on this most special evening. And might I say you make a very fetching princess. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. The makeup was tricky since I don't cast a reflection in a mirror. Now, is the food and drink set up for our super creepy Halloween spook festorama, Steve? Oh, yes, Master. And I'm Batman. I'm not calling you that. Did you fill the punch bowl? Of course, Master. With punch? No, with blood. I'll never make that mistake again. Our guests are arriving. Go to the door, Steve, and welcome our guest. Yes, Master. Ah! Michael Myers, welcome to our creepy castle. Igor, take the man's butcher knife and get him a drink. Ah. Uh. It appears he's reluctant to give up the knife, Master. Now, <laughs> oh, Mike, you know the rules of the party. We're here to have fun, not talk shop. Why are you slowly walking towards me? Maybe it's because of your costume, Master. Oh, great. Look, Mike, I might look like a sexy last girl, but I swear, under all of this sexy sexy is just a plain old bloodsucker. He's still coming for you, Master. This is your fault, Steve! Batman. Sorry, so sorry. Fuck you, Batman! Jason Harding, and welcome to Late City! Oh, and I am your loyal servant, Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, this movie's reputation is very good, right, Steve? Oh, it's so good, because the movie is so scary. The movie is terrifying oh. about halfway through. Anyway, oh, hey, come Steve. On. No, it's, this doesn't really get started until he chokes the girl in the car. That's pretty... Yeah, but you gotta wait a while. He's gotta you, you, watch a bunch of people walk you, around. And he building suspense. He builds Prince the suspense. Having a freak out and he scares some kids. That's pretty funny. Anyway, oh, what movie? What super scary classic movie are we going to be reviewing? Oh, 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 master, we are going to review the original classic 1978. Halloween. Oh, it's oh, 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 oh. so scary, but there's hardly any blood in it. So don't. I mean, you, he's just. Well, no, it's not gory. It's scary. No, no, it's, it's scary. It's tension. Oh boy, you yeah. just can't. Oh, how much longer will they walk down the street? When will someone notice that a creepy guy in a mask is driving around the government <laughs> yeah, car? Right, I don't know, but right? you know, someone should at some point. You think? It's very so if you want to be evil and kill people, move to Haddonfield because apparently everyone is dumb as shit. You'll get away with it. That's right. 
<clears throat> People won't even miss their dog. No. Anyway. They hardly even care. Time to take my elixir because I don't want all of you to go crazy with my accent. Glug, glug, glug. I made a glug, glug, glug. So, oh no. Steven. Oh, you're still. The accent is still. You're, you're wait, still I gotta drink some. They, they said you develop, you know, you develop yeah. a, a tolerance, a tolerance for, for it. Yeah. I find myself drinking it at night secretly. Wait, you're, one more. Glug, you you may have a problem, Master. You might have to step down. Okay, it seems to be working this time. Ah, good. Are you ready, Steve? <coughs> yeah, I'm good. Are you? Okay, good, good, good. I'm good. All right, Steve. Yes. Do you have any oh. trivia for this classic horror masterpiece? Mm-hmm. Halloween. Oh, I do. Yay! I do have some trivia. So this first piece of trivia, it's it's related to probably one of the pieces of trivia that everybody knows already, which is that the Michael Myers mask is based on a Captain Kirk mask. Like, pretty much everybody knows that already. Yeah. Uh, the Michael Myers mask was a Captain Kirk mask, and they, they painted the hair a different color, and they drew different eyebrows on, and cut the eyes out a little wider, painted it white, but it's like, it's a Captain Kirk mask, right? Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is the reason that Captain Kirk mask even exists is because a couple years before Halloween, they made a cast of William Shatner's face that was the basis for that mask. Uh, and they made that cast for a horror movie that Shatner was starring in. One of the worst horror movies ever. Oh, it's terrible. Called The Devil's Reign, where <laughs> Shatner, Shatner plays a man whose family is being tormented by a Satanist. Played right. by Ernest Borgnine. That's right, old Ernie Borgborg is a Satanist <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Because if and you're gonna, then he turns into Satan. If you're gonna cast someone to play the embodiment of evil, you think Ernie Borgnine? Yeah, that's the yeah, guy yeah. I want. He probably loved playing it too. Oh, I'm sure because he got to ham it up. Oh yeah, he did. And then he got to get horns put on his head, and he got a monster <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so that's yeah. So so the the Shatner mask that eventually became Michael Myers' its face started out as a, a life cast for a really really horrible horror movie. Um, mm. Also, uh, the character of Michael Myers is loosely based on a real life experience of John Carpenter. Uh, while while Carpenter was in college, he took a tour he got of a psych. By he, a got, guy. he got murdered by a guy in a William Shatner mask, and he was like. If I ever come back to life in the 70s, I'm going to make a movie about this. So and you heard it here first, kids. If you want to inspire first future filmmakers, hunt them down on the UCLA campus <laughs> and chase them around in the Halloween mask. Kill them. They'll make a movie out of it. That's um, right. No, but see, he went, he, he went Wait, on a... Wait, I have to. This is a podcast. Don't do that, kids. No, Leave yeah. it to the professionals like yeah, myself yeah, and Steve. Exactly. We will kill so you don't have to. God damn it. This stuff uh, isn't working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're drinking too much of that. Are you? You shut up. Okay, sorry. Um, anyway, so but but so Carpenter took a tour of a psychiatric hospital, and he met a child who behaved similarly to how Doctor Loomis describes young Michael behaving, just sitting there and like staring and being non-responsive and not showing yeah. emotion. And it freaked Carpenter out so much that years later he used it as the basis for Michael Myers in, uh, in Halloween. He didn't have to go to a mental hospital for that. Uh, yeah, he, he could have just watched kids watching television. <laughs> they really like this big bird shit, don't they? Look, <laughs> wave, look, wave your hand in front of their face, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, of course, everybody knows that uh, in addition to co-writing it and directing it, Carpenter also composed the score for the movie. And what a lot of people don't realize is that he wrote 
the score for Halloween, one of the most instantly recognizable scores, uh, certainly of horror movies and maybe of any movies. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he wrote the score for this movie in four days. And heavily imitated. Oh, oh, yeah, hugely. Well, hugely. top to bottom, the movie is heavily imitated. Yeah, the, the, it's like everybody who saw the movie came out of the theater and immediately went to work on their own version of it. It is still considered one of the most successful independent films ever made. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you'll get to it when you go through the Who Made It's and everything. But I mean, when you compare, like, the, the how presumptuous of you, I, well, I, unless you radically alter the format. I did. I, I made up everything after this point. So <laughs> I threw it out the window. I've, I've just duped you into thinking I work hard on this. Anyway, <laughs> what else? What else? Is that it? Is that all the, the well we can't put all the trivia in. No, there's 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 other stuff, but there's other stuff we can get yeah. to while we're while we're talking about it. But yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, ready for the who made what and where and what are you thinking and why how'd they come up with it? <laughs> yeah. That should be okay. the official title of the segment. <laughs> it was directed by John Carpenter. Do I have to now? After we praise the thing so yeah. hard. I think uh, everybody knows we like him at this point. Yes. He's a and good director. Yeah. If this is your first podcast, hello. Um, and they're all like this, by the way. You know, we use we we use a lot of, they all use a lot of cuss words. And uh <laughs> <laughs> what else? It's you know co-piloted by two maniacs, so uh, yeah. you don't have to listen to any others because it sounds. This is exactly right. But if this is yeah. your first time listening, I I forgot where I was going, Steve. Where am I going with this? Uh, we were talking about we well. Oh, we, yeah, John we've Carpenter. already praised John Carpenter, so yeah. yeah. But he also made Escape from New York and the, well, Christine. And I'm trying to think of only the good movies. Uh, what Assault uh, on Precinct Thirteen? Uh, um, and mean, people uh, know that one. Oh, yeah, people know that one. And uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, and that, that's a good one. And all of his good movies were in the 80s. Produced by Deborah Hill. Now, Deborah and John were lovers when oh. they made this movie. They were both friend and girlfriend. And <laughs> they were all like, I love you. And they were like rolling around on the grass and making out all over the place. Yeah. Take your shirt off and say, take me, I'm a filmmaker. And she's <laughs> like, I want to be a producer. And she's like, you, you produce my babies. And then they were like, oh, do it. And then they broke up during the movie. <laughs> I was going to say, that was during principal photography. <laughs> The cast was all standing around going, we were, we were going to shoot today, right? <laughs> Deborah Hill was, uh, worked with uh, Assault on Precinct 13 with them. They entered into a relationship. And during the production of this movie, and in fact, I think before they started filming, he broke up with her to start a- dating Adrienne Barbeau. Aww. John. But they remained friend and friends, and she continued to do produce uh, other films. She was one of the first women producers in Hollywood. She uh, really used her position to help other people get work in in the industry. She was a fantastic producer. Unfortunately, lost her to cancer, um, but she's great. And if anyone says anything bad about Deborah Hall, punch you in the face yeah. with your foot. Yeah. Yeah, anti Deborah Hill pricks. Take it somewhere That's else. Right. Screenplay by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. John Carpenter wisely turned to Deborah Hill and said, "Could you please re- rewrite all the girl parts? Because I don't know how teenage girls talk to one another, and I want them to talk like girls." 
and I know my limitations. <laughs> and she went, okay. And that's one of the reasons why the girls in this are so much better than all of the other toddler, you know, ripoffs of this movie. Oh, yeah. Because the other ones are definitely written by men. Lenny, are you sure you want to have sex right now? These girls want sex. <laughs> because girls talk about sex. Right. <laughs> girls are just as bad as boys. They can be. Starring Donald Pleasance as Dr. Sam Loomis. And you know him from... He played Blofeld and uh, You Only Live Twice, and he was in The Great Escape. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Do you know who else they wanted to play this part? <gasps> who else did they want to play this part? Well, they asked Christopher Lee, and he said no, and he later regretted not choosing the part. God, I wish he was in this movie. That would be pretty cool. Oh, like he would be just scary on his own. Yeah. Michael Myers <laughs> would, would, would look at him and just Michael offer Myers, his hands to be like, handcuffed. Okay, I'm, like, I'm good. I give up. But the person that they originally approached, and they went back and forth, and then they decided it wasn't enough money, is a little favorite of yours, Peter Cushing. Oh, man. Peter Cushing mm -hmm. would have been so great. And the main reason why, uh, one of the main reasons why Donald Pleasance took the part, other than the fact that he needed the money, is the fact that his daughter liked Assault on Precinct 13. Ah. Mm-hmm. So he Jamie, didn't, he, he didn't uh, do it just to screw over Peter Cushing? No. Why would he do that? I'm going to take this one from Cushing. What have I ever done to you? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Cushing. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. Fuck you. <laughs> Up here comes Christopher Lee. Oh, shit. Is someone saying throwing shade on one of my friends? <laughs> I just love that Peter Cushing just brings out Christopher Lee. <laughs> Whatever anybody's giving him shit. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like to talk to my friend Christopher. Also known as Dracula. I told you. I told you no. <laughs> Put the teeth in. I, no, I told you no. <laughs> All right. Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. Actually, introducing Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. That's right? right. She's an ingenue. Yeah, and she had done some TV and a couple other things, but I mean, nothing big. And they really wanted her because she's the daughter of what's her face. Janet Lee. Janet Lee, right. Yeah. And um, they were like, oh, that'd be neat, because she was in Psycho, and, and, and that affected her career for the rest of her life, and we want to do that to this girl <laughs> when she's first starting out, and it kind of did, because she made a whole bunch of shitty horror movies after this, didn't she, Steve? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but you know her. Come on. She, she did True Lies, and she did... Uh, what, what uh... Trading, trading Places. Trading Places and that yoga movie. that No, aerobics movie, whatever that was. <laughs> that, that aerobics movie. That aerobics movie. Yeah. She's, she's on TV. She's done, she's done everything. If you want to eat some yogurt, she, I'm sure she's offered you some at some point. Yeah, definitely. She did all those commercials about how she gets the shits. <laughs> <laughs> then I started eating some fucking yogurt and fixed that right up. <laughs> That's right. So put these yogurt bugs in your intestines and use a lot of stuff getting the shits. <laughs> your, your stomach will be crawling with bacteria. There's nothing you can do about it. So make sure it's the right kind of bacteria. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. okay. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie Lee. Appreciate it. Before the show, I told Steve that I was tired and I would not have an editor for the thoughts that pop into my head. They're just running straight to my mouth. So if I seem a little more disjointed than normal, that's the reason why. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners would appreciate the occasional extended <laughs> riff on Jamie Lee Curtis's yogurt commercials. I mean, what's wrong with that? 
It's fertile comic ground. <laughs> One time I bent and just all over my pants, but not anymore. Thanks that I put this yogurt jizz down my gullet. Now I'm fine. Yay. Thanks, yo play. Is she drunk again? Because that's not what we asked her to read. <laughs> ja- Jamie Lee, just read what's on the card, please. This was scheduled to be a two-hour shoot. We've oh, been here all to day. It? I'll tone it. I'll tone it down. I'll tone it down. Okay. I'll, I'll tone it down. <laughs> I can't even get to the joke that's in my head. <laughs> Hello, little babies. If you get the poopies and you don't want them anymore, then. <laughs> then please drink this fun juice that comes out of a cow's tit. <laughs> okay. This... That's, that's milk. That's not even yogurt. Oh, I'm sorry. Bad, <laughs> bad cow titty juice that we just let sit around okay. for a little while. Okay, thanks, Jamie. Is Are we sure D. Wallace can't do it? <laughs> Would you please just call D. Wallace back? We've read two names. Yes. Let's keep going. Hey, they are the most important names, so we're, at least we're getting yeah, some. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Nick Castle is Michael Myers, or oh, yeah. The Shape, who is referred to as The Shape in the script. Yes. Um, he went on to direct some movies, didn't he, Steve? Did he? Yes, he did. I One don't fucking favorites. know. <laughs> he directed The Last Starfighter. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I think mm-hmm. we talked about this when we reviewed The Last Starfighter. Yeah, like a Dennis the Menace or something else. I don't think we mentioned that he was The Shape. We didn't. Maybe, Maybe I don't know. I don't that was know. like 400 years ago. That was forever ago. You might as well ask me what I had for breakfast. I don't remember. <laughs> this is what I remember. Seeing a bottle of whiskey descend from my face. That's all I remember from today. <laughs> the world just kind of faded in. <laughs> I was already in the middle of doing something. I can't mm-hmm. remember. My wife asked me before she left, do you have a podcast today with Steve? I remember a bottle coming up and then nothing for a good long time. <laughs> And then police trying to hook my ankle because I was naked in a tree again. (laughs) And me saying, get me to a microphone. (laughs) I must be in front of a microphone. All right. Tony Moran as Michael Myers and when they take the mask off. Yeah. Right. So they needed a scarier face. And so they, they got um, they got whatever I said, Tony Moran. Tony and Moran. You'll know him as the brother of um, the woman that played Joni on Happy Days. So they were lucky to get such a big star. Yeah, and I'm sure they pitched it this way. Okay, we have the guy who's doing the majority of the acting in the movie, but when we take the mask off, we need a scary face. <laughs> so it's over to you, Tony. <laughs> So do you want to eat this week? <laughs> then get to the set. Works Will work. Will Sandin. Hmm? Works work. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hmm. Will Sandin is Michael Myers, age six. Nothing. <laughs> PJ Souls is Linda, Lin, Linda Vanderklok. That's her name that's, in the movie. That's her character's name. And you'll know her as that bitch from Carrie oh, and yeah. Stripes and a bunch of other stuff. Nancy Kyes is Annie Brackett, nothing. Charles Cyphers is Sheriff Lee Brackett, TV and garbage. <laughs> Kyle Richards is Lindsay Wallace, and you'll know her. She's a little that little kid in the movie, and she grew up to be in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Boy, that's <sighs> quite a career trajectory. That's scarier than this movie. <laughs> Brian Andrews is Tommy Doyle, nothing. John Michael is Graham, nothing. Nancy Stevens is Marion. This is going to be a while. As Marion Chambers, nothing. Arthur Mallet as Angus Taylor, nothing. <sighs> this is boring. <laughs> 
These people's work, okay, deserves to be recognized. I think I forgot something when I was reading names. Maybe I'll remember it as we keep going. (laughs) Um, uh, Mickey Yablins as Richie Castle, Save the Earth from Aliens. Brent LePage as Lonnie (laughs) Elam, has a mole so large that people mistake the mole for him. Adam Hollander as Keith. You'll know him as the imitation president, Richard Nixon. You see, he was replaced by robots in 1970. I'm trying to make them interesting. You could at least play along. <laughs> Sandy Johnson is Judith Margaret Bears. And if you want to see her boobies, you can, you can type that into the Google image search because she did a bunch of Playboy. She did a and whole that, boy a lot of Playboy. And that was Dad, actually I didn't look true. it up, That's, and I definitely that, didn't look at it. What? That was that was actually true. That's not you just making up some bullshit. That's actually no. She really did. I'm not true. making that up. If you want to, yeah. if you want to pause this and go look at her boobies, or if you want to look, don't you don't have to pause it. You can open up another window on your computer. We won't even know phone or something. Yeah, yeah. We, we won't know. We, we won't, won't judge even, you for it. We won't even know that you're looking at like 45 year old pornography. That's right. And if you decide while listening to us and looking at pictures of her naked in 1973 and their choice. But if you decide to do that and you're jerking off in your car, we're not going to judge you. We can't see you. That's right. Just make sure that the car is tall enough so that car, trucks driving past can't see what you're doing. Yeah, be careful. Okay? Exactly. Because A if little they, decorum. Exactly. Right? You don't want them to be able to like look down in there. and. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jesus Christ, where are we? David Kyle as Danny Hodges. I beat him up for his lunch money. Peter Griffith as as Morgan Strone. He has nine arms. Robert Phelan as Dr. Terrence Wynn. Whatever happened to him, nobody knows. And and Sandy Johnson again. Because where I pulled this list, I guess they were looking at her pictures and put her in there twice. Put her in there again. <laughs> they really wanted her in there. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is she play, or maybe it's just the same? Well, well, let me see. It's, I think she only she only played no, it's the, the one, same person. Yeah, she only played it's the one the girl character. whose boobies you see at the very beginning, right? Is it? You know, okay, yeah, yeah. She has that super, that instantaneous sex with her boyfriend. That's right. And then yeah, because it's kid yeah. Comes in. Yeah, that's right. And then she screams unconvincingly. No, stop. Ooh, what? No, Michael. Ooh, that. Yeah, that that. <laughs> That part. That unforgettable performance. Ah, music by John Carpenter. We already talked about that. Cinematography by Dean Cundy. And Dean has done other things like The Thing and Back to the Future. Hmm. And he hasn't done a whole lot lately. He's kind of He's got a very specific palette, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. They didn't they didn't they didn't call him to do Remains of the Day. Oh, they should have. They should have. It would have been great. Edited by Tommy Wallace, nothing. And Charles Bornstein. Um, didn't even have a link. Production companies, <laughs> Compass International Pictures and Falcon International Pictures. Distributed by Compass International Pictures and Aquarius Releasing. It was released on October 25th, 1978. Running time, a blessed huh. 91 minutes. Thank you, John. Budget, 300 to $325,000, or roughly $1.1 million. Uh, that's the equivalent now. Box office, 60 to 70 million, or 236 million dollars. Waking up Hollywood by say they saw, oh, look, all we have to do is stab a bunch of girls and show tits, and we can make a whole bunch of money, right, Steve? <laughs> yes, that is exactly the lesson that Hollywood learned. And guess what the first shitty ripoff was? It was Friday the 13th, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was almost, yeah. almost immediately. Yeah. 
The other ones have stupid names like Horror Train or the, the oh no, the toilet or you know. Um, actually, I really know. Oh, I, no, I want to make a I want to make a movie called Oh No, the Toilet. Johnny gets stabby. That'll be my Halloween ripoff. Where's Mama's knife? Where's, Stuff like that. Where's Mama's knife? <laughs> it's just one shitty, th- and and that's what really established the tropes. The tropes that were born in this film. Yeah. Once again, Hollywood learned the wrong lessons from this movie, and we'll get into that later, right, Steve? Oh boy, we will. And now it's time to decapitate the plot. <laughs> I mean, um, it's time to recap. Recap. Recap the plot. That's it. Okay, Steve, you ready? I'm ready. You got your trick G bag. Oh, I do. What are you dressed up as? <laughs> um. Well, I. It, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna be Batman, but then you made me Batman in the skit, so now I'm Robin. My dad's been making me get dressed up as a CPA because he's a CPA. Oh, that's cute. No, it's not. It's, not, it's you, disgusting. I you hate it. it. I'm wearing, wearing my Sunday suit that I wear all the time. And he thinks it's funny to make a kid carry around a briefcase and they put money in the briefcase. But you can't put that much candy in the briefcase, can you? No. And I'm always having to unlock it. And there's there's like a there's like a, a, a combination lock on it. And I've got to undo it and then open it up. And they, everyone says this thing. Oh, you're so cute. And all I want to do is stab him in the face with a fireplace poker, you, which I've hidden down my pants. Like, that's why I'm wow. walking like that. Oh, boy. I was... I mean, I was just gonna say you could keep you could keep your trick or treat candy in my in my 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 hollowed out plastic pumpkin if you wanted. You're my best friend. And then we'll just divide it evenly at the end of the night. Sure, yeah. evenly. Why'd you say it like that? No, I didn't say it anyway. I didn't okay. say it in any way. You just you said it kind of you know like you weren't. I didn't say it any kind either. of way. We're going okay. into the world of trick or, of trick or treat. Oh, <laughs> I wish we could do that one. We're going into the world of Halloween. Here we go. All right, Steve. Yeah. Make sure you have that glow in the dark safety tape that ruins every costume. Oh yeah, like, sure. I'm going as Darth Vader. Here, let me put glow in the <laughs> glow dark in the... safety tape all over it. You know why? Like now Darth... I don't look like anything. You know, just like Darth Vader has. I'm in space and I'm wearing black. I need safety tape. It's really... You used to be so intimidating, sir. Those TIE fighters go by awful fast. Why are you floating in space? (laughs) Where is Lord Vader? He's floating in space. He's floating by the window. (laughs) Vader, get back in here right now. (laughs) Can we tractor him in? Do we have tractor beams on this thing? No, Obi-Wan Kenobi turned that off, remember? <laughs> he keeps floating back and forth. Wee! <laughs> Somebody catch me! There's sound in space in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> pew, pew! Okay, you okay. know what? We're never getting through this. Here's the... We're never getting through it. Now let's talk about things that happen in the movie. Okay, can we? Yes. Great. That's yes. you and me. Run into the spooky world of Halloween, Steve. Take it away. Oh. Well, it's a, it, it starts out very spooky because we get a, a, a slow push in on a spooky, spooky jack-o'-lantern. That's not a spooky. He's a happy jack-o'-lantern. It's a, but, but, but what's he so happy about? He's happy being a jack-o'-lantern and no kids have run up and took a dump in him and then threw him out in the street. That's <laughs> yes. why he doesn't understand the horrors to come. He's like, ah, oh, life is great. 
There's no, that's why there's no children's book called The Happy Little Jack-O-Lantern, no. because he's only happy for a brief period of time, but, and then the, from that point, it's either get thrown into the street, get shit in, or get shit in and thrown in the street, or stay on the porch for a huge amount of time until you become a rotting mess yeah. that no one wants to talk to. Consumed yeah. by fruit flies. The, the life of a jack-o'-lantern is a tragedy always. That's right. Yeah. So I guess he is kind of spooky. So he's he's yeah. When you think about what he what had what he has in store for him, it's actually pretty scary. Yeah, but at least up until then, he gets a show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is where we get the credits and the famous Halloween theme playing over it, and uh, we get all the credits, and then uh, we fade in on Halloween night, Haddonfield, Illinois, nineteen sixty three. That's right, baby. It's 1963. Hey, Steve, how convincingly did they make it look like 1963? I don't think they made any effort whatsoever. None whatsoever. (laughs) It's just like, sure, why not? And we have a POV shot. Yeah, we do. A nice, long POV shot. Yeah, and somebody's walking up to the house and he sees silhouettes Mm -hmm. and they're like oh i want to i want to have the not the bang bang with your penis in me and (laughs) the guy's like yeah let's go do it and you see him go upstairs and you can see him all kissing oh shit and then the pov sneaks in downstairs he goes into the kitchen and he picks up what steve he picks up a knife not a ham (laughs) no it would be a much different movie if he killed people with hams. Not a whisk? No, no, a knife. That's not a knife. That's a whisk. Picks a... There's a knife. I'm good at identifying things. There you are. Anyway, he leaves Paul Hogan in the kitchen. <laughs> he stabs him and... He stabs him. The world breathes a sigh of relief. Oh, I guess that is a knife. Uh... Crikey, that's a knife, all right. <laughs> And then he beheads him to make sure he doesn't come back. Right. And then, and then he goes he's... into the living room. <laughs> he goes to the living room, and the dude's already coming downstairs. Yeah, that was... Boy, that was fast. <laughs> that was for the maybe 45 seconds I mean, at best. He's already dressed and ready to go. Like, yeah, that was no taking off clothes. That was just dick out of the zipper. Move, you know, move those granny panties aside, and let's get to it. <laughs> Premature ejaculation. I'm history. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess she's okay with it because as we sneak up the stairs, we open the door and she's doing what, Steve? She's naked and she's sitting in front of the mirror and she's brushing her hair and she's singing. She seems awful happy. She seems really happy with that completely unsatisfying 30 seconds of sex. Yeah. Right? This is how we've destroyed the lives of our young women. We've we've raised them on such low expectations. Oh, just the simple act of a man putting putting their man sausage inside of them should make them happy. Oh, well, I mean, it worked in this case. I guess so. Anyway, yeah. oh, and, she and, turns and around. He, and he picks up a clown mask. Oh, that's and right. Puts he picks it on. up a clown mask. Yeah. Puts it on, and now we're looking through the clown mask, and she turns around, and she says, what? Uh, she she says, calls him by his name, right? She's like, Michael. Right. Yeah, Michael, what are you doing? You little perv. I'm your sister, and I'm all naked, you little pervert. Oh, I'm not going to really cover myself. What are you doing with that knife, Michael? And then he panics because he realizes that he's seen his sister naked, and that's going to be really embarrassing. So he stabs her. I was going to explain that to mom and dad. Exactly. So that's why he stabs her to death. All he could see is a very uncomfortable Christmas. (laughs) Exactly. People are going to find out. She's going to say it's our little secret, but she's going to tell people. At Thanksgiving, you know dad's going to be sitting there going, you know what I caught Michael doing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just opened the door and was looking at his sister naked. Oh, dear, that's what happened to your Uncle Philbert. 
and they put him away in a sanitarium. Michael, do you want to go away to a sanitarium? <laughs> no. Well, stop looking at your sister's hoo-ha and coochie-boos. <laughs> he sees all this playing out in his mind, so he, he decides... That's right, he knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. For Christmas, his his sister is going to give him a naked Barbie doll, and he's going to be like, that's not funny, it was the one time. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> But then he does what, Steve? He stabs her up real good. The second time she's been penetrated that oh, night. Oh, nice. And she has... She boy, makes a lot more noise a, this time. Yeah, but it's not... I hope she's better at faking orgasms than faking being killed. <laughs> Sounds Michael, exactly the same. Michael, what? And then anybody goes downstairs. Yeah, he goes downstairs and, and walks outside right as his parents are coming home. And they're like, what right. the heck? He's got blood all over him. And they... <laughs> they reach out, and I think his dad reaches out and pulls the mask off, and that's when we cut to the reverse cut shot. The, peel, the yeah. reverse shot, and he's it, standing there holding a knife. And he's just a little boy. He's yeah, he's just, just a little He's kid. just a wee little boy. He's a tiny tot. Yep. Full of murder. Mm, he got grounded good a for this. A tiny tot with a heart full of murder. <laughs> You're gonna stay in there until you think about what you've. So you can think about what you've done. Yeah. There's no staying up late to watch Ed Sullivan this weekend, son. You're going to I bed at seven o'clock. Just didn't want Thanksgiving to be awkward. Well, how awkward is it gonna be now, Michael? <laughs> how awkward is it gonna be now? We're gonna have to come up with a whole new seating arrangement. Oh dear, your uncle Terry did the same thing. <laughs> He panicked and he killed his first grade teacher. Yes, mother, we all know the And story. he went to mother. the booby hatch. Do you want to go to the booby hatch, mother? Michael? <laughs> mother, don't speak to Michael. He's being punished. All right. Do you want to go to the booby hatch, Michael? <laughs> we can hear you stage whispering, mother. They touch your butthole don't, in the booby hatch. Don't tell him these things. Just they don't crank your butthole touch. Shut up! <laughs> This is going to be the longest goddamn one ever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that didn't happen. No, no. Michael just killed her, and then we cut ahead to 15 years later. That's right. (laughs) And uh, Dr. Loomis is on a date or something. Yeah, it's the the weirdest, most depressing date ever. Yeah, there's a nurse there, and he's like, Have I told you that I've been trying to help the creepiest chick in the world? (laughs) You know, I'm a very tired man. I don't have a family because I've been trying to prevent this lunatic from escaping. <laughs> it's basically been my whole life for the last 15 years. Gently puts his hand on her knee and she's like, no. That's, no, now we're good. We all know about your work with the creepy kid who's grown up into a man mountain. <laughs> Great <laughs> yeah, work there. Yeah, the, hey, you, you never, <laughs> never occurred to you to have a word with the kitchen? Like maybe, <laughs> hey, just don't feed him so much. Seriously. He's getting a little big, okay? He's sitting at his desk, and he's like, notes about the pure evil of Michael Myers. And he looks out. Oh, good. Michael's on the... <laughs> Michael's doing the weight bench. That's good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How could he wow, ever escape? He's, he's got to be, what, 6'3", <laughs> pushing 280 at least. <laughs> Jeez. That's going to be bad news. <laughs> but anyway, he basically tells him, we're picking up a guy. Yeah. Why are they picking him up? They have to, to go before a judge. And then I guess the idea is the judge will decide whether or not to leave the embodiment of pure evil locked up or not. <laughs> man, I wish I could have seen that court hearing. Oh, man. 
<laughs> uh, it suffice it to say that he is Satan himself. I've seen his horns and his tail. <laughs> Everyone must listen to me because I'm a, psych- a psychiatrist now. I've been treating him for so long, and I, I have to resist the- an impulse to just cut his throat. In fact, <laughs> why don't I just do that now? Can I do that before his evil spreads? <laughs> the judge is like, I think I gotta let him out. <laughs> like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've been torturing a wow. man for nearly fifteen years. Or so. You're a not good. <laughs> you're a doctor. <laughs> That's what it said on this coat that I found. <laughs> like I've been in here for parole hearings with serial killers, and their psychiatrists weren't as harsh <laughs> on them as you are on this guy. Yeah. Like shit. But and when they're driving, what happens? Well, they're driving up to the hospital and Dr. Loomis notices that there's like a Night of the Living Dead reenactment happening out the window. A bunch of the patients yeah, the are Kugel, out just wandering all around. The brains are wandering around, yeah. And the, the nurse is like, well, that's weird. Uh-huh. And, and then, yeah. Yeah, go and, for it. You know, and, the, and the doctor's like, let's just drive up to the gate, see what's going on. Yeah, maybe, on. maybe it'll be good if we drive all, all, just to the gate, though. Yeah, let's not drive all the way up to the hospital, just to the gate. And they get, they go to the gate, and Dr. Loomis gets out of the car, and he runs up, and he's like, let me check this gate out. And while he's checking out the gate, someone uh, jumps on top of the car and smashes the window and scares the nurse, and she like runs out of the car. And then the crazy guy on top of the car gets in the car and drives away. Uh-oh. And Dr. Loomis is like, I wish you hadn't let him drive away, because that was Michael. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Like, I don't know, take the keys out? Oh, take the ride. Turn okay. off the car, time, take the keys? Next time the guy who, for the last three hours, you've been building up as pure evil, busts into my car, I'll try to remember to take the keys out, asshole. You built him up to be a murder machine. <laughs> okay. And now you take the keys. Fuck you, I'm walking. Goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to these wandering mental patients over here, see what they have but to But I need to find a phone. He's escaped. <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot of your problem, not mine. <laughs> Bye. Don't even know I was on this trip with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 too bad, you know. And then what happens? Uh, then we cut to the next day, which it just so happens is Halloween. Oh no! <laughs> and we're it's so scary. And we're back in Haddonfield, which is the town where little Michael killed his sister in the. Uh, That's in right. The That's what it says on the town sign when you come in Haddonfield, <laughs> where that kid killed his sister. <laughs> Had you just taken him to the booby hatch earlier, he would Mother. never have a town now. Oh, okay. Mother, I'm eating, eating my peas. Thank you. We're gonna have to move. Everybody knows. Uh. <laughs> He looked at her boobies and then he, <laughs> he, looked, he looked at her boobies and then he killed her. <laughs> Just like great grandfather yes. Torgerson. I'm not talking. Mother, everyone knows because you won't shut up about it. Every year the number of people at Christmas gets smaller and smaller. Oh, all yeah. in the booby hatch. Yes, but not small by enough, if you know what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> Oh, I'd have to hide my money in my lady mail my lady purse. Oh, oh my God! If I went mother. to the booby hatch. Good Lord, Mother! It's the only way to keep it safe. Oh. Would you like two quarters? <laughs> I'm going to go s- down to the corner store. I'm going to say, Grace, dear Lord, how much longer can this go on? Please end this nightmare now. <laughs> And if you will not end it, give me the strength to end it myself. 
You know what? I like our backstory for Michael Myers, Myers family better than what I, the, the, the next movies came up with. Oh, me too. I love that. I love that he's like Michael is in the institution by this point, and they're still having meals together and arguing about it, like fifteen years later. Well, I was. I bought him a Christmas present. I suppose I should just throw it away then. I don't know. I've told you to stop buying him presents, mother. But it was such a shiny knife. I think that's shiny knife. <laughs> it's Christmas. It was on sale at the Kmart. The Kmart? You know how long it takes for me to squat on the counter and count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> There we go. See, you know, all you folks listening, sometimes these little these little riffs of ours don't ever actually go anywhere, but that one, no, he, don't. He, he found a place for it. Yeah, boy, I'm so proud. Uh, anyway. That's, ooh, that's good improv. He drives into Haddonfield. Yes. And he breaks into a store, and he needs he's looking for a mask. He's Halloween. He needs to dress up. That's right. right. He wants to get into the spirit. Right, so he's like, Gorilla, no. No. Clown, no. Richard Nixon, no. Mm. They had actually considered Richard Nixon oh, man. for a little while. Would have been scarier. No, wouldn't have. <laughs> it would have been so dumb. Come here, Laurie. Woody Woodpecker, no. A mutant from this island Earth, no. Oh. That would have been scary. That's, that would have been scary. A big old bug head. And then, uh, for whatever reason, pale white mask with that. <laughs> yeah, just sure, that one. I like this one. And he takes a rope and a couple of knives with him, right? That's what the sheriff says. Later on. Later on, yeah. And then he hops in his his station wagon that has government plates and government symbols on the side. (laughs) And and is also apparently invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Only the people who he wants to see it see it. (laughs) Right. And so uh, then we cut to Donald Pleasance having a freak out on a phone, right? Yeah, yeah. He's at a phone booth by the roadside, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying right. to convince. He, uh, this is the funny part to me. He is a doctor. He's calling a police <laughs> officer and he's saying, hi, I'm a doctor. Um, a, a dangerously mentally ill person has escaped from a hospital. And I'm pretty sure he's coming to your town to kill people. And the cop is like, just having none of it. The cop is just like, like, yeah, "Yeah, whatever doctor. Listen to me. He's pure evil. Blah, blah, blah. Come on. His name is Michael Myers. Oh, you mean that crazy family that all wound up in the booby hatch? Exactly. But now it's time for us to meet the, our lead, our lead female lead. Yes, that's right, Lori Strode. What's she doing? She's going to school. That's right. She's talking to some kid, some jerk kid. Yeah, who she babysits for? Who she babysits? Like apparently, constantly. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's walking him to school, and he's just asking why about everything, and I'm like, Ugh, shut yeah, up. Yeah, just go to school, like, God. Just shut up. Yeah. But she's got friends. Yeah, her friends, uh, Linda and Annie, right? And they only got one thing on their mind. <laughs> no, what, what is it? Um, they want, no, I don't, they, I don't speak they, grumbled sexual innuendo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about you and I? <laughs> I'm a hiding and a little choking. They're like, what? <laughs> they are really eager to engage in sexual intercourse with their boyfriends. Ah, and what, why doesn't she want to? Uh, she don't. Lori got don't one. got a boyfriend. 
Lori don't got no boyfriend. Nope. She's feeling a little bad. Because yeah. everybody else's holes are getting stuffed except, except hers. Except hers. All she does is walk around reading books. And babysitting kids. Babysitting kids. kids. And being smart yeah. and kind of funny. Yeah, like, you're never going to get a husband that way, Lori. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to scenes of Mike Myers just kind of wandering around. Yep. Just taking a little tour, reacquainting himself with the neighborhood, yeah. you know. Yeah, just kind of just a white mask, and he makes all these appearances in the spooky, right? Steve? Yeah, we see he pops in the background of a lot of shots. Yeah, he is. He's photobombing yeah, a lot. Yeah, he is. He's like, I'm back here. Hold the <laughs> shot long enough for the people to find me. Now I'm gone. <laughs> and I disappear, and Laurie starts seeing him. Yeah, right? yeah. And she's like, I keep seeing this guy. And they don't see anything, right? No. Because they're stupid. Because he's they're always held, gone. Yeah. Yeah, cause they're so full up with the sex juice because they're teenage girls. Yeah, they're all distracted. Straight. By their horniness. Yeah. And then um, at some point she gets in a car with one of her friends and they start smoking a doobie. Oh, Lori, I thought you were a good girl. She's a, she's a good girl. There's nothing wrong with marijuana. She, Shut up. She's smoking drugs. She's smoking the drugs. And then her friend sees her dad. Yeah. And she's like, shit, it's my dad, the cops. Yeah. And his dad comes up and goes, hey, girls, Landry at school, keep a deep. And they're like, what's going on? Huh? Pretty much. What? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, apparently the alarm has been going off at the general store for, I don't know, four or five hours. Yeah, because it turns out this is the place that Michael robbed to get his mask. And it's like, Michael's been in town we've seen for a while. Yeah. And the cops are just now showing up at the place that he robbed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, the guy took a mask and uh, some knives and some rope. Whatever. And he says, it's probably just a couple of teenagers. You don't know who they'd be. And I would be the first thing out of my mouth if someone told me that someone had broken into the, into the hardware store and stole a mask and knives and rope would not be, huh? Well, if it's he made it seem like if it's teenagers, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't matter who broke into the store. Those items are very specific. <laughs> mask, knives, Rope. They're, That's not. <laughs> they're probably gonna pull some harmless it's prank, not, you know. Right. They're probably gonna string up a hobo above the railroad tracks from the overpass. Yeah. And throw knives at him like every like every Halloween. It's just good, clean fun. We all did that when we were kids. That's right. Yeah. So bye, bye, girls. I'm, I didn't smell your pot smoke. <laughs> Even though you still have the joint in the car with you, apparently, because they start right back up as soon as they drive away. Well, you know, pot is stronger now. Back then, it yeah. didn't even have a smell. I mean, no know, one knew why they were smoking because yeah, like, it had no effect. Do you get anything from this? <laughs> no, but our parents right. sure hate it. That's right. And then they drive off, and then we cut to a little kid getting teased in school. Oh, yeah. This is it's Tommy, right? The kid that that Tommy. Lori uh, babysits. And they're, they're, yeah, the kids are teasing, teasing him about the boogeyman. Because he's afraid of the boogeyman. Yeah. Because he's afraid of boogeyman's got to come and you got to touch him with <laughs> the butthole. Because that's what the boogeyman yeah. does. Yeah. Or kill him. I don't of, know one which one. or the one. other. Both are awful. Yeah. You would rather not yeah. have either one, really, if you had a choice. Yeah. And then they run off, and one of the kids bumps into who, Steve? <gasps> Michael Myers. You sure? He's, we don't show his He's name. just standing. Well, he's wearing Mike's overalls, if it's not Mike. <laughs> okay, that's true. Bumps into it does him. have his name on it. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Myers scolds him, and he's like, don't go running like that, young man. That's right. It's unsafe. Here, I'm going to write a note and pin it to you. <laughs> but he starts following Tommy. Yeah. 
And then he gets into his station wagon <laughs> in the broad daylight, dressed like that. Yep. And starts following Tommy by car, right? Yeah. Okay. Then it's after school now. Because briefly we're in school. Briefly we're in school. Right. 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 Because Lori proves how smart she is. She answers questions. Yeah, she, she ha- pays attention. Class. That's right. She has one of those English classes where they talk in really obvious terms about themes related to the movie. Yes. <laughs> It can't be a trope if this movie came up that's, with it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It can't be a trope if this movie came it's up with it. It's not Halloween's fault that every other movie after this did the same thing. No, it's not. Anyway, school's out, and all the girls are like, we're getting so close to horny time, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, because I think the, the rough plan is that since Laurie doesn't have a boyfriend, uh, that she's going to babysit and while she's babysitting, then the other girls will come over to the house with their boyfriends and mm-hmm. take care of business. That's right. Yeah. Get the pipes clean. Get down. <laughs> well, yeah, that's an obvious metaphor yeah. for fucking sex. Having sex. Know. That's yeah. right. Stop doing it under the breath. You Sorry. look like a prude. Sorry, I come apologize. Come on, that's all creepy. I apologize. If you can't be a man enough to actually say the words. <laughs> we're, we're adults. We can talk frankly about it. That's right. And you can do it without blushing. I'd like to see you do I've, it once. I've been, I've, I mean, it would be easier if you wouldn't constantly point it out. Describe, describe the sex act, Steve. Oh. I want to see you do it. Looking, me, looking at me in the eyes. <laughs> you know what they do. You know what they do. <laughs> no, I don't. What is that sex yet? <laughs> the man. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, I'll let you collect it. Again. Okay, come on, do it. Okay, come okay, on, you can okay, do it. Okay, okay. So, what does the man do? The man, <laughs> <laughs> the man takes his <laughs> takes his what? His finger? No, no. Okay, what? He takes his <sighs> he takes his penis <laughs> and he puts it in a woman. Her pee hole? Uh, yeah, Where? Kinda, sort of, and not not exactly, but I mean that that neighborhood. <laughs> And then he pees in her, and then they have a baby, yeah, right? That's how. That's that's the circle of life. Great. Yes. Can I talk to your wife for a second? Sure. What do you want to talk to her about? Nothing <laughs> after the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a very. We have a couple of scenes where Loomis finally talks to a cop. Yeah, and the cop is still not exactly like on board. Mm-hmm. Like Loomis is Even like, after I Loomis swear to has you. Drawn p- Pictures of what he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to do this, and then he's going to do this. And the cop's like, I don't know. Then he's going to take these and stretch them out across the living room. Oh, that would be painful, but I still don't buy it. But they won't be dead yet. He'll start hopping up and down on top mm-hmm. of them. That's the painful part. I see. I don't know, doctor. He wouldn't have these ideas if I if he could speak. All mm-hmm. I could do is say, do you want to do this to people? And he got this look in his eyes of acknowledgement, but he never said anything. So I couldn't really write anything down. I, I showed him some of the worst atrocities you could do to a human body. And I've drawn thousands of these in, pictures. In retrospect, allowing him to intern at the morgue was a bad idea. <laughs> Teaching him all the anatomy. <laughs> Turns out that wasn't the best way to go. Um, the five years of crime school probably also wasn't good. Yeah, nah, he learned, I mean, he learned how to, obviously he learned how to conduct a criminal investigation, but I'm yeah. just realizing he also learned how to evade one as well, which yes. is going to make your job a lot tougher. So at this point, the police have a psychiatrist, and they have yes. a general description of how tall this man is, 
They know that a mask has been stolen. Yep. And what he has. So they have a basic description. And the psychiatrist says he's going to go to their old house. You know, go to the Myers place. Right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. empty. Yeah. And the reaction to you have a, a mega killer on the loose is one cop <laughs> and the psychiatrist. Yeah. The, the sheriff says, well, maybe I'll hang out with you at the Myers place and see yeah. if he comes back. Yeah, so now it's nighttime, and, and everybody's baby. She's babysitting. Yeah. And the kids don't go out trick-or-treating for some reason. No, but and, but, but Tommy has a costume on. Yeah. There was but, a, like, there's no indication that he was out trick-or-treating. But he's scared of the boogeyman. Oh, that's right. Okay, so he stays home, and she reads to him at some point. He watches a great movie on television, which is Forbidden Planet, which is not that oh, yeah. scary. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Not really a Halloween movie, but a really great yeah. movie. Here, do you want to watch something scary, Tommy? Yeah, here's Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> Make them die slowly. Enjoy, Tommy. Watch watch Caligula. That's good. That's <laughs> got scary parts in it. He makes a lawnmower for people's heads. It's great. Um, <laughs> anyway... And he sees Michael Myers looking at him through the window. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. And, she, and he's, she's like, mm-hmm. And the sister's like, I believe you. And because he's like, nobody believes me, right? Right. And yeah. And anyway, then uh, Dr. Loomis and, and the sheriff go to the Myers place. And they go inside it. And they find out that Mike has held snack. Yeah. They find a dead, partially eaten dog. And Loomis says it this way. He must have been hungry. <laughs> In hindsight, throwing him lost animals for food was... Okay, there was a lot of things we would have done different. <laughs> Keeping him in a pit full of a pit full of spikes was a bad idea. And only allowing him to eat live animals was a bad idea. I was trying everything to reach him. I don't know how he got this way. Look, you have to understand, I knew he was pure evil the second I laid eyes on him. Mm -hmm. And the only time that he would get food is if he successfully stabbed a mannequin dressed up like his sister. <laughs> I just wanted him to learn to take direction. I was going to step up from there. <laughs> anyway, um, we have this great this great little scene. I know it's not immediately after this scene where some kids go up to the Myers place because it's haunted. Yeah, yeah. And what is Loomis? Well, doing? Loomis is still there. Like the the sheriff has fucked off by now. He's, He's on like, the other he, side of the shrubs. He, yeah, Loomis is there on the other side of the shrubs, and the kids. It's the same kids who were bullying Tommy earlier. And yep. They they go up and like knock on the door, and Loomis is behind the bushes, and he goes like, "Hey, get your ass away from there!" <laughs> and they and run they're off. like, "Ah!" And they run away, and Loomis is like, "Yeah, I did a good thing." Until the jump scare when the sheriff puts his hand on his shoulder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the sheriff comes back. He's like, "Hey." You fucking you, with those kids? Were you just scaring those kids? <laughs> no. I was not. That is something I was not doing. Yes, I, why? You weren't doing that kind of stuff to young Michael, were you? As he slowly stuffs a kid's costume into the shrubs. I haven't done anything. Thank you. Thank you, officer. Have you found Michael yet? <laughs> anyway... Then we cut. Now with the murder start, right? Uh, yes, yeah, As because start getting together for the humpy humps. Yeah, that's right. And the first one to go is the sheriff's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Michael takes care of her. Yeah, because she's out in the car for some reason. I can't remember why is she out in the car. She's gonna. Well, she's gonna go meet her boy. She's gonna go pick up her boyfriend and bring him back. Right. 
Because she's got, yeah, because the, the girl she's babysitting, she's already pawned off on Lori. Yes. So she's going to go pick up her boyfriend and go back because now she has the house to herself and her and her boyfriend are going to fuck. In someone else's bed. In someone else's bed because it makes it extra sexy. And not leave a wet spot. Or maybe they will. Who gives a shit? It's not their bed. Yeah, and they're not going to be alive to care. About yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, who cares? You're, you're total freedom at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what is what, then Michael's in her car and he's Michael. like, You want a double date? And then <laughs> he starts choking her. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then I can't really because it's from outside. Does he stab her at the end? I don't I don't think we see him stab because she's her. breathing a lot for someone who's being choked. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can hear her breathing. She's like, it's like you're not suffocating you're breathing just fine he's not doing anything yet and then all of a sudden she's dead yep and uh i guess he drives that car around (laughs) right no uh, with the dead body on the hood waiting for someone (laughs) anyone please will someone notice me please (laughs) no uh tommy actually sees him out the window again and he's carrying annie's corpse like around to the front of the house and inside the house okay and tommy's like oh that's weird yeah why is the boogeyman doing? I guess he's on a date. Everybody's on a date except Tommy. <laughs> Are he the boogeyman and Annie sister. in love? <laughs> what happens next? So what's her face? I can't remember the girl. The blonde one. Oh, Linda. Her, boy, her boyfriend with the glasses. Yeah. You know, they, the, the 48-year-old high school guy. Bob. Bob. Linda and Bob. They do it. They do it. Yeah. And it lasts longer than 30 seconds, I think. It's, yeah, but I think so. Yeah. And she's like, you want a beer? And he's like, yeah. She's like, go get it. And he's like, okay, I'll go get it. And he goes downstairs. And Mike Myers there. And he's like, do you got beer for me? And he says, no. And he's like, look what I could do. And he lifts him up and he pins him to the wall like a moth. Yep. And then he kind of looks at him. Like, yeah, that was good. The most disturbing part of this movie, by the way. Yeah, when he's just kind of like, yeah. Look at that. How about that? I didn't think I've... the knife would hold that much weight, but there it is. Yeah, I guess oh. there's a lot of guts holding him up. Oh, wow. That's and it's clean, too. There's no blood on the floor. No, there's just no blood anywhere. It's like straight through. I should do this as an artist or something. Huh. Wish, I had, wish I had a camera. <laughs> And he picks up a bag of Cheetos and he's just looking at it while eating it. <laughs> up underneath the mask. Stuffing them under the mask. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy, I wish Dr. Loomis could see this. But then what does he do, Steve? Oh, well, then he decides to get a little playful. There's oh, a, yeah. We, we don't talk about this side of Michael Myers. He has a playful, kind of a pranky side because uh, he puts a sheet over himself. Yes. And then he takes the glasses off of Bob's dead head. And puts, and puts the glasses on over the sheet. And then he goes upstairs and he just kind of messes with Linda for a few minutes. Just for a few minutes until she gets upset. And then what does he do? Uh, then he kills her. How? Uh, the, well, the phone rings, right? The phone rings because Lori is calling to see what's going on over there. And while she's on the phone, Michael comes up behind her and he strangles her with the phone cord. And, and what Lori, does Lori think is happening? Lori thinks that she's just hearing Linda and Bob have sex. That's right, because Be- Linda apparently routinely calls her to force her. <laughs> to listen to their sex sounds. It's a very healthy friendship. Who is on the phone, dear? Nobody. <laughs> I'm picking up the other line. Don't please, pick up please the phone. Don't. Oh, that takes me back. <laughs> George, come here and listen to this. Remember when we made these sounds? <laughs> I remember when I made those sounds. Well, <laughs> let's... Uh, okay, do we really want to get into this now? 
Look, this is going to be a whole thing. Let's just leave it at that. You couldn't find the G-spot with a map and a flashlight. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, so her friend's dead. Yep, yep, yep. And is there another murder? I can't remember. I... Is there? I don't think so. Because this is when Lori... um... She had three friends. Yeah. There was the one that was trapped downstairs and was trapped with her shirt, right? And right. she got out. What happened to her? I can't remember. Well, no, that wasn't that, uh, wasn't that Annie? Was that Annie? Yeah. So, yeah, okay, so uh, uh, Lori puts the kids to bed. Right. And then she goes across the street to see what's going on because she's called, she's been calling and, and, and can't, like, nobody picks up. Right. And, and her friends are supposed to be back by now. Right. Like, Annie was supposed to leave and go get her boyfriend to come back and, like, nothing's going on over in the house. So, she, so Lori goes over to see what's going on. Okay. And, and she finds her friends all dead. How does she find them? They're all dead. Well, she finds. They're uh, all dead. They're all, they're, they're, well, she, uh, she finds Linda first, right? Because Linda's, like, laid out on the bed. With a headstone. With the stolen headstone that I don't think we mentioned. Mike, Michael yeah. stole his sister's headstone from the cemetery. I don't think they show that, do they? No. Well, we see Loomis finding the, the missing stoom, the no, missing that's tombstone. That's right. He finds a missing headstone. Yeah. And he's Where got it he on. been keeping that? Yeah. And the tr- in, in the back Did of that fucking station wagon. he just put it on the top wagon. of the station wagon with the dead girl? <laughs> yes. And he's, he's just, like, please. <laughs> why doesn't anybody see this? I have to believe that there are good people <laughs> in the world. That <laughs> would be hilarious. Please arrest me. I'm... <laughs> I'm not doing right. <laughs> he just walks into a diner and starts chopping people's heads off. <laughs> Does anybody see what I'm doing? Look at me. <sighs> yeah, so she finds she finds Linda dead on the bed with the headstone. And she's like, oh, shit, that sucks. And then she turns around and she opens, I think she opens the closet. And Bob's body flops down. Who's He's yeah. hanging upside down. Right. And then she's like, oh, shit, that's even worse. And then, like, another door opens, and Linda's, like, stuffed in there, too. So Lori's like, uh-huh. well, this, this Halloween sucks. Yeah, this is terrible. All these dead bodies of my friends all over the place. I better get out of here. Yeah. And where does she go? She goes, uh, she tries to, well, she goes into the hallway, and she's still mm-hmm. kind of trying to pull herself together. Yeah. And, and Michael, like, appears out of the shadows in the doorway. And he's like, I'm going to kill you, too. And she's like, he doesn't walking. say anything. No, he doesn't say anything. But she's walking <laughs> away and he, he swats at her with his knife and he just kind of grazes her on the shoulder. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I better get out of here. And so she starts booking it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but then... she, she has trouble getting out of the house because Michael uh, has like he's he, he's locked all the doors and secured everything from outside. And there's like a kitchen mm-hmm. door that has like a rake put up against it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, who barricades a door with a fucking rake? (laughs) (sighs) But she breaks the glass and she gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Lori. I'm not worried about her. She's the last girl. Yeah, exactly. She's going to be fine. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. So she goes back to the Doyle's house. She gets in. He gets in. Yeah. She fends him off. And then she goes up to the top of the stairs and Tommy's freaking out because it's the boogeyman, right? Yeah, but she's like... Don't worry, Tommy. It's okay. I, I totally killed, killed him. him or something. Yeah, I killed him. And she says this as Michael Myers is coming up the, up the stairs behind her. The kids freak out. She manages to get them out, right? Yeah. And then that's when Loomis sees the kids running, right? Right, They're yeah. like, oh, fuck bullshit. Well, yeah, because Loomis, we forgot to mention, Loomis finally noticed the fucking car. 
Uh-huh. He like looked down the block and he was like, that looks familiar. Oh, hey, it's the car Michael stole. <gasps> it's the car Michael stole. And then he starts right. like looking up the block to find where he's at. Yeah, exactly. Sees the kids running out of the house and he's like, right. oh, I bet that's it. And then he goes in. Yeah, and then he goes in. But in the meantime, Lori's got to fight off Michael Mars. Oh, what shit. What she does is she goes into the one place you shouldn't go, which is the closet. Yeah. And he gets in the closet, but she stabs him in the eye with a... with a. I love... What I also love is when he busts a... There's a light in the closet, she turns it off. As soon as the, he gets to the closet, he turns it on. Yeah. And, yeah. and then she stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger, and he falls over. And she does not immediately leave the room and get out of there. She instead goes over to have like a little mental breakdown for herself. Yep. Until this is important, she needs to have a moment. But then what happens, Steve? He sits up. Yep. He does a move that The Undertaker has been ripping off shamelessly for 30 years. <laughs> right. He sits up and looks at her. Yeah. And her back is turned and he stands up and uh, he goes over to her. And, mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're, like, they're, they're fighting. And she they're worries. tussling. They, yeah, and she she pulls his mask off. Yeah, and he's ugly. Yeah, he's like, no, he's my true face. No one no, must see. No, why? <laughs> and then Loomis show, shows up and he goes bang, 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 and shoots him six times. Yeah, and he and he stumbles backwards and falls out a window. Yeah, yeah. And Laurie's not like, who are you? <laughs> are you a cop? <laughs> I, how come I appear to know you somehow? She asks him, it was that the boogeyman. Right. Yeah. And Loomis goes, "No, he's a mental patient." Yeah. He no, there, there is no boogeyman. What are you, eighteen? There's no such thing as the boogeyman. Keeping him in a torture dungeon for fifteen years, turning him into a <laughs> an unstoppable killing machine. Unfortunately, he got loose. He was mm. like my pet. I Look, there were reasons why I did what I did. It was research oh, funding. It was... The things he's seen of me. <laughs> <laughs> no one must know. <laughs> I created the no-close policy when you're in his cell. Oh, no. Dr. Loomis, no. Want to see pictures? Here we go. Oh, I didn't. New Year's. I, I dressed I, him up like the New Year's, baby. I said. He hated that one. I said no. I said I didn't want to see pictures. No, I don't care. Sit back. <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> People need to know what I've been going through. <laughs> I dressed him up as the Easter Bunny at Easter time. He hated that. <laughs> So for the 4th of July, I just shot fireworks at him. <laughs> <laughs> I just shot fireworks at him. Yeah, running away from the Roman candles. Run. We, I bought 5,000 bottle rockets. <laughs> but what happened, Steve? Uh, well, after Loomis uh, talks to, to Lori for a second, he goes out onto the balcony to look down at, at where Michael fell. That's right. But Michael's gone. He's gone. <gasps> Uh-oh. And Laurie starts crying. Oh, man. <laughs> and then the movie's over. The movie's over. We get a couple of, like, still... Not stills, but, like, static shots of the outside of the various houses where the murders have taken place. And you can hear yep. Michael's breathing over it. And then it's, yeah. like, cut. Because whenever... We get a lot of Michael breathing in his mask. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movie's over. The movie's over. And everyone who's going to make a bad movie has stopped taking their notes. <laughs> yeah. They all rushed out of the theater and rented a camera, rounded up their friends, and said, let's do this. <laughs> so, Steve, yeah. what is your opinion of this classic horror spooky, oh my god, it's a guy with a knife movie, Halloween? 
Oh, it's super spooky. That's it? That's it. Two-word review. Super spooky. No, so here's the thing, right? Quick, go back in time and slap that on the poster. (laughs) I don't think it would have made as much money if the poster had said super spooky. Super spooky. (laughs) Chilling terror. Like your parents liked it. It sounds like sounds like a like a Regis Philbin rave. I haven't super been spooky. This, I haven't been this scared since Dracula nineteen thirty. <laughs> the scariest movie monster since Boris Karloff. Ooh, remember how You know, you... when I was a kid and I watched King Kong for the first time for a nickel <laughs> The only thing I wanted Kong to do was wear a mask and have a knife. Well, Lordy Bagordy, did they answer my prayers? Shut up, nerdy grandpa. <laughs> I was doing Gene Shallot. Go back to the old nerds' home. Um, oh, Gene Shallot. Yeah, that's oh man, Gene Shallot. Oh, he had a job for so many years. Uh, yes, he did. Now his job is just filling a diaper. Can we go? Please tell me how you feel about now this movie. his job is just filling a diaper. The last Wait. time I dissed Gene Shallot, someone in the comments section got, got a little angry with Aww. me, so I'm sorry. Poor Gene Shallot. I'm, sure um, I'm sure he's doing just fine. I'm sure he's a wonderful man and a, and a family that loves him very much. Um, <laughs> a family of circus clowns. <laughs> A family that let him go on TV with that hair and Why that mustache. Why don't you put the makeup on, Gene? <laughs> I don't want to be a clown. I want to be a movie critic. But you have the hair and the mustache. <sighs> Can you please? Yes, okay, okay. So this is, uh, you, we mentioned it earlier, this, this is... You'd have to say, relatively speaking, certainly relative to other uh, movies of the time, this is a low-budget movie. Um, yes. And there's something about the the horror genre that lends itself to low-budget movies. There's mm-hmm. so many classic horror films, like the original Night of the Living Dead, Texas Chainsaw oh, yeah. Massacre, this movie, that were made for relatively little money on really tight shooting schedules with largely inexperienced casts and yet somehow they come out as like these classic movies that people still talk about 15, 60 years later. Yeah. Um, And I think part of it is when you're working with very limited resources, it forces you to be creative and to solve problems in inventive ways. If you're a good filmmaker. If you're a good, yeah, absolutely. It can easily go the other direction. And my, my, (laughs) my not recommendation is one of those examples, (laughs) but, but no, but if you were, yeah, if you're a good filmmaker, uh, you, it, it can force you to get really creative and horror stories benefit from that. Horror stories need that creativity and that invention so that they don't just get repetitive and cliched. Um, So Carpenter maximizes his limited budget here really, really well. Mm -hmm. And one of the most effective ways that he does that is he spends most of the film building tension for the first two thirds of the movie. We see Michael Myers and he is the shape. He's just a blurry guy in the background of a couple of shots. He's there one moment, then he's gone. A few characters see him and then they're like, look at that guy and other characters look and there's nothing there. So he's building tension and we we know what he's capable of because we have the POV prologue at the beginning where he kills his sister. And then like every person that Dr. Loomis can get to listen to him, he's like, he's a monster. 
So we know that he's a bad dude. We know that, that Michael is really dangerous. Um, but we don't actually see adult Michael killing anybody until the final act of the movie. And then once the killing starts, it's, it moves really fast. Like, uh-huh. he, he doesn't spend the whole movie chasing after Lori and her narrowly escaping. Like, he stalks her, he stalks Tommy, but keeps his distance. And then once he moves in and strikes, it's boom. It's like a sudden explosion um, of the tension into violence. And, and it works and really music. well. And music. Oh, yeah. Um, also, this movie is not weighed down by backstory or mystical bullshit. That's something nope. that, that enters the series a bit later that the sequels kind of bring in. Uh, but this movie, free of all of that. Loomis describes Michael as evil, but there's no hint here that there's anything supernatural going on. Like, Michael is a big, strong guy, and he's he's very difficult to kill. Uh, but And he's unbalanced. And he's very unbalanced. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's anything other than, like, a really tough, determined human being like the movie doesn't point us in any particular direction we can choose to believe that there's something supernatural about him if we want but the movie doesn't point us in that direction and the the key to halloween for me is that it has that that simplicity michael is a troubled child he grows up into an even more troubled very single-minded adult Uh, We have Loomis ranting about him, but it doesn't try to explain why he is the way he is or what his motivations are. Um, And when we briefly see his face at the end, right before Loomis shoots him, we we see that it's not the boogeyman. He's not a monster. He's just a regular person. And he's he's a haunted, very broken, very dangerous person. But that's that's the face of 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 just a man who's done all these things. And that's really important. Um, It's not a perfect movie. I think a lot of Loomis's dialogue is, even though it's a lot of fun and very quotable, I like love it's his dialogue. it's really over the top. Um, I, I love, you know, death has come to your little town, sheriff. Like, come on, <laughs> like that's that's a great line, um, but it's a little over the top. And, uh, and and Laurie's friends are definitely a lot better than the teenagers from other horror movies that came after this. I agree with you about that. Um, but there are certain times where they feel like 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 Linda, especially the girl who who is killed after having sex with Bob. Uh, yeah. She feels like she was given more of a quirk than a character. She's the one who says yeah. totally all the time and it's like okay so that's her she's the totally girl um and things do start to drag a little bit much as i like the the building of tension things do start to drag a little bit it drags it i bet it didn't drag the first time you watched it oh probably not no yeah it drags because i know what's coming and i've seen it before but um it drags a little bit and i don't think it drags the whole time but for me watching it this time i felt it start to drag a little bit like right before it picks up at the end and it seems like where it seems we keep cutting back to Loomis and it's like, God, he's still in front of that fucking house. It seems like he's in front of the, the old Myers place for like six weeks before he turns around and he's like, Oh, Hey, the car. And then he actually gets involved (laughs) in the action. Um, So those are, but I mean, but the good definitely outweighs the bad. I think this is a great horror movie. It's probably the best of all the slasher films and watching it this time, it occurs to me that it seems just perfectly designed to be watched by teenagers late at night during sleepover parties and i'm i'm pretty sure that's probably the first time i saw this movie was when one of my friends was having a sleepover birthday party and we were staying up late watching horror movies and halloween was one of the movies we watched so it's absolutely perfect for that so there you go great movie yay my turn your turn okay so as i mentioned before this inspired a whole shitload of awful movies and they all walked away with the same 
problems. You know, they they all walked they all pretty much watched the same movie and they all walked away saying, Okay, well, we're gonna do that, but we're going to amp the violence, we're gonna amp the blood, yeah, we're gonna dumb down the women, but we're gonna try to keep the same tropes. Halloween is almost bloodless. Yeah. It almost has no blood in it at all. What drives Halloween is tension, and that's about it. <laughs> yep. Set it up at the beginning, and then at any point, this dude is going to kill somebody. Next thing, he don't talk. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> he don't talk. There's no twist fucking ending. Nope. There's no other teenager that is reeking revenge on being mistreated by other teenagers he's just a dude who's gonna kill somebody <laughs> and we don't know who it's gonna be or why he just is gonna do it yeah he is a definite presence in the film and but he is not a character you could have had a bear doing these things <laughs> The whole point of ripping his mask off is to reveal that he is not some supernatural killer, but just a dude. Yeah. He's a big, strong dude, but he's still just a dude, right? And, of course, it's going to have... It has this twist ending that he's not on the lawn anymore, but that fits more in line with, you know, you know those spooky, scary stories where there was uh, the guy with the hook hand yeah, and all exactly. that other stuff? That's what this is. Exactly. And it doesn't need to be anything more than that. He adds a little bit of character to the main characters, but just enough so that we can kind of give a damn about him. What we weren't doing was waiting around to see the see the kills, right? right? We weren't waiting around to see the kills. Kills aren't creative. He strangles a couple of people and he stabs a dude. And he yeah. eats a dog. But we don't even see that, yeah. right? <laughs> right, he eats a dog off camera. <laughs> it's probably the grossest thing he does in the whole movie. We don't probably even get to watching see some TV. <laughs> just channel surfing indifferently. <laughs> you should have asked for a, you should have asked for a vowel. Yeah, oh, I hate this show. I always get angry when I watch it. The answer is obviously Butch and Sundance. Uh, what is he? Say <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> sets up, but sets up a small town, a couple of houses, right? Tiny cast. Yep. Not much of a budget. How strained was their budget? Well, they were trying to make Los Angeles look like Indiana in fall. So. Yeah. <laughs> They bought from a florist a whole bunch of fall leaves that they would have kind of rain down in certain scenes during the day. And then they'd rush out and try to collect as many of the leaves as possible because they spent a huge amount of money on those <laughs> leaves. I like it. It's a spooky story. It's set up for suspense, and that's all it needed to be. You knew someone was going to die, wasn't sure when they were going to die. It was surprising when they did, and then the and then Laurie lives to the end. And everyone watched it, walked away, and said, okay, we're going to have a girl. Let's try to get Jamie Lee Curtis again, and she can live to the end of it. And, oh, we're going to make ours around prom night or something <laughs> like that. Hey, that's a good name for it. Right. Yeah. How much did it influence, and how quickly did it influence the horror genre? When they decided to make Halloween 2... Well, John Carpenter didn't want to make it. Nobody wanted to make it, but they were kind of being forced to make it. And that movie is mean. This movie is not mean. This is a scary story. Yeah. The other movies were fucking sadistic and mean to the point which poor Gene Siskel and Roger <laughs> Ebert 
peed their pants a little bit and had to do an entire show <laughs> about how bad these movies were and how they felt that they were demeaning and misogynistic yep. and gross for no reason. And and um, they were right. Yeah, they were the wrong. of them were right. Yeah. And how do I know that Halloween was the start of the genre? Because both of them saw Halloween and they liked it. Yeah. But they didn't like anything that came after it. This is the reason why people point to Halloween. All of these tropes started here. And talk about a downward spiral for the genre at that point. <laughs> because nothing matched it. Nothing had that much of an impact. People would go in. They'd scare. Some people would scream at the screen. Why aren't you leaving that room? Right. They, they got involved in this story. And when you walked away, you thought you saw a lot of gross stuff and blood. You didn't. <laughs> okay? The grossest thing that's in there is when he kills his sister. And we don't even see that, really. That's right. You're, that's certainly the most graphic killing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Michael Myers is... Just the shape. That's all he is. Mm -hmm. He's a monster that's gotten loose. And Donald Pleasance, I'm glad he says things like evil has come to this town and evil is doing this because it sets him up that the character is just evil. We don't need his fucking backstory. We don't need to know that he was abused by his mommy. I really <laughs> wish that we could go back in time and have Rob Zombie listen to this because apparently he made three-hour movies about this character yeah. and it mostly centered around him being in a mental institution when the kid was like eight. And I'm like, I don't need that. Yeah. Okay, I don't need the backstory on Michael Myers. I just need to know, one, is he crazy? Two, is he strong? Three, is he going to kill somebody? That's it. I don't need him to be a ghost. I don't need him to be a revengeful spirit or a super zombie or whatever else. <laughs> the original idea behind the Halloween franchise, and this was the original idea behind the Hollywood franchise, is that there would be another movie called Halloween that would have nothing to do with Michael Myers or the right. preceding ones. It would be like a series of anthology movies exploring different things. That's why Halloween 3 doesn't have fuck all shit to do with Michael Myers and everyone went, yeah. Masks with part of Stonehenge in them that turns kids' heads into snakes? I don't understand this movie. Bring back I the like guy that. in the Shatner mask. Yeah, bring back the guy in the Shatner mask. I like that movie, actually. Because it, I can divorce it from the others. It's underrated. <laughs> It's very underrated. It's very underrated. And two is a bucket of crap. Oh, Because yeah. two was just like, there's nothing suspenseful, suspenseful in there. It's just cruel. And it became, it fell prey to the, how are we going to make this killing interesting? How are we going to make this killing interesting? And it's like, if you need to make the killings interesting, then you have forgotten what a story is. Right? Right? Well, yeah, it's like well, it's like you were saying before, like Hollywood, not you know the individual filmmakers who are inspired uh -huh. by it. They it, they learn the wrong lesson instead of mm -hmm. instead of coming away from it, going, oh, I get it. Just build up the tension until it almost starts to get boring, and then release the tension. Right. They exactly. they said, oh, naked people and murder. <laughs> and that yeah. was like they're like, I There's got it. There's another recent movie that got a lot of praise. It was called It Follows. Mm -hmm. Right. It was a fairly recent release, and they understood that. Show something briefly that's awful at the very beginning. Set up the premise, and go. Right. That one also didn't have a whole lot of blood. That one also didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Uh, you know, but they set up the premise so well that it builds the tension as you're going through the film. Right. Yeah. That's what you need to do. You don't need to have super bloody gory stuff. You don't need to see people's intestines. You don't need to see people pinned to a wall by an old lady in like in Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, horror movies, a lot of people think, well, horror movies are simple. You just set it up, you have dumb characters, and then people just come to watch the murders. I don't know. People come to watch stories, first and foremost. And if the story that you're telling is exactly like the one previous in which, except the setting is different, you haven't done anything. Yeah. It's not, you're just... It's just the same thing over and over again. It may be one of the reasons why the horror genre is not one of my favorite genres because so much of it is copying other other movies in the genre and bringing nothing new to it. Yeah. It's oh why yeah. Fr- it's it's why you know um, Nightmare on Elm Street hit big because someone brought something a new element into it, right? Yeah. And then they all became supernatural. My Microsoft is now a supernatural dude, and ugh. <laughs> but what I like about this movie, it's simple. Yep. It's simple. It's not that, I mean, people want to put metaphors into it and say he's saying something about this, he's saying something about that. I'll let John Carpenter tell you if he's saying anything. But I have a reason to believe, due to an interview, that he said he just wanted to make a spooky movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he he thought he was really making a B movie. Well, yeah. Like the ones that he liked to watch at the the drive-in when he was a kid. Right. That's what's great that's about it. it is that that's that's yeah. the kind of movie it is. And yeah. so if you see other things in there that you think he's trying to make a point about, that's fine. It may not necessarily be there, right? Yeah. People, this is a movie that now gets studied in film class, mainly because a lot of guys go, "How in the hell did you do this on this budget?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like to point out is that you don't have to have a budget. You don't have to have special effects. You don't have to have anything. What you need is the ability to build tension and make shots scary. And a lot of the times that we're seeing Michael Myers, we're seeing him during the day. Almost almost every shot of him is during the day until the very end when he starts killing him. Until he starts killing him that night. Yeah. Exactly. And he's still scary. Yeah. In fact, he's more scary. He's, yeah, in full view in the background of a shot. With the mm-hmm. other characters, you know, that he's stalking, not even knowing that he's there. Yeah, those, some of those yeah. shots are really scary. Yeah. It doesn't do anything, no. but they're still scary. So, uh, Steve, classic or not classic? <laughs> would it be fucked up if I said not classic after all this? Yeah, I would. Uh, no, I would. classic. Obviously classic. One of the great Halloween movies. One of the great horror movies of the last 50 years, easily. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So, Steve? Yeah. Do you have a movie not to recommend? Oh, yes, I do, Master. Okay, let's hear it it so I cannot watch it. Oh, boy. I hope you haven't seen it yet. Um, Uh, Probably. I have no life outside of movies. So this is a movie that... I I only know this movie exists because my mom used to work at a video store and this was a movie that was for rent at the video store. And now that I know a little bit about the movie, I, I mean, if, if, I grew, if I grew up to become like a horror movie buff, I might have heard about it by now, but I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's one of those movies that came around in, in the 80s, actually in the, in the early, early 90s is when it came out, but uh, it's sort of incubated in the 80s. And it's one of those movies that it's like a low budget slasher movie, uh, kind of like it's Halloween, but this, right? Right. So this is a movie. And it is technically a movie, although it does kind of stretch the definition a bit. Uh, okay. Called Killer Nerd. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I haven't seen that movie. Killer Nerd. This, this isn't a, g- a game show where it's uh, stumped the Jason to find a movie that he's never heard of. <laughs> Killer Nerd is a movie. It's so low budget, it was actually shot on a camcorder. No. Yes. Yes. 
but it was released and it got a theatrical release and a video re and a home video release. Um, and it stars a guy that some of you may have heard of, you may remember, uh, a guy named Toby Radloff, who was a minor celebrity in the, in the 1980s and 90s as playing like this nerdy persona. He, was, he did some stuff for MTV and he was like a, a celebrity on public access shows. And, and he was like a stereotypical nerd with like the slick back hair and the, the broken glasses with the tape in the middle. Okay. And, and, and in this movie, he plays a guy who is a nerd who gets tired of being bullied and he just breaks bad and starts killing motherfuckers. Okay, <laughs> and, sounds awesome. Yay. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, the problem is that it's really, really boring and poorly made in every possible respect. <laughs> and and it's not even, the, and it's, it's dull. Like, it's just a dull movie. You can't even watch it and be like, oh, it'll be like The Room. It'll be so bad that it's entertaining. Like, no, it's just bad. Um, yeah. It's just because it just, it drags on too long. And there are one or two moments that are kind of like so bad they're good and you kind of laugh at it but those moments are so few and far between this movie is 90 minutes long and for night and for something like halloween 90 minutes is perfect for something like killer nerd 90 minutes is like is is brutally overkill like it's like why did you make this movie this long like this movie should have been 20 minutes you know we get the point um but it was enough of a success that they made a sequel oh god bride of killer nerd which i have not no. seen so i cannot I, I cannot i cannot speak for bride of killer nerd i haven't actually seen that but i have seen killer nerd and Ugh. it is the exact opposite of everything that makes halloween great so if you like halloween please i am not recommending that you watch killer nerd well good i, I hope it made some money because i have a movie coming out called killer barbecue salesman oh boy i can't wait to to see that one killer the special is you killer barbecue salesman <laughs> that's hilarious that's how bad it got in the 1980s everybody everything was uh, everybody was a killer <laughs> killer bicycle repair man killer meter reader <laughs> killer meter reader <sighs> the killer quadriplegic yeah you figure that one out you have to watch to see how does he do it Technically, that's what Basket Case was about. <laughs> All right, you ready for mine? I'm ready. Okay, hey, guys. Every once in a while, Hollywood proves that it doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Mm. Okay? Now, maybe it's because they don't have the fullness of history, but every once in a while, someone makes a perfect movie that everyone loves, and it goes on to become a classic. A classic that scares people even to this day. Mm -hmm. A classic movie that everyone loves. Some people don't even think of it as a horror movie. I know I didn't think of it as a horror movie when it came out, but it may it changed the industry. It was one of the first big blockbusters. People went through hell to make it, but when they were done, it was a classic film that everyone loved. And Hollywood apparently only smelled money and said, let's make another one. Let's make a sequel to this classic, fantastic movie that I'm sure, w w w since we're not really going to invest any hard work into it, will make a bajillion, gajillion dollars, just like the first one. And so Universal decided to greenlight Jaws 2. Oh, yeah, there you go. Now, as you guys know, I like to review a movie that comes out the same year as the movie that we just reviewed. And Jaws 2 came out the same year as Halloween. And guess which one is scarier? Hmm. The one that cost a huge amount of money to make or the one that cost almost no money to make? Guess what? It was the one that didn't cost <laughs> any money to make. Jaws 2 never should have been made. There should be 
no Jaws franchise. No. Because they just get worse the further down you go. But we're back in Amity in Jaws 2. And um, and there's another shark. And this time, guess who he's killing, Steve? Who's he killing this time? He's killing teenagers. Oh, Steve. okay. How many teenagers were in the first Jaws? Uh, just at the beginning. Just the one at the beginning, wasn't there? That's it. Yep. Just who is garbage. <laughs> the shark the shark now acts like it's out for revenge for something that it couldn't be revengeful about. I mean, was there a little baby shark? And he saw his daddy shark get blown up and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna get real big and then I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna terrorize everybody. That's what happens. And uh, I mean <laughs> Jaws eats a helicopter, Jaws Jaws the shark just this it's they kill it by bringing a power line up out of the ocean, and he bites on it and gets electrocuted at the end. There, you know, you don't need to see it. <laughs> nice going, Jaws. Only Sheriff Brody and his wife come back to re- reprise their 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 roles. It was ill-advised, and they shouldn't have done it. Roy Scheider learned his lesson. He never shows up in another movie again. His wife, not so lucky. But this <laughs> this the shark in the original Jaws was just an animal. He did some amazing things, but he was just an animal. Yeah. In this one, he's everywhere all the time doing everything. And he's burned up, so now he's got the whole Phantom of the Opera look going on. And he's... <laughs> it's just stupid. I hate it. Don't see it. Jaws 2. And now, Steve, oh. it's time for you to select the next movie that we're going to review. Because you must now make... <gasps> A terrible choice. Oh, no. Ladies and ghouls, this is the time where Steve makes a blind choice based on three movies that I've picked out. If he picks a good one, hooray for us. If he picks a bad one, oh, dear. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. I have to carry the guilt all week. So, Steve. A, B, or C? Let me think. C. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Did I do a bad job, Master? You did a very bad job! Oh no, no, no! Okay, Okay, so had you picked A, Mm -hmm. we could have watched the overrated Rain Man! Which proved the rule that if you act like someone who has a mental problem, you can get an Oscar! (sighs) Yeah. Had you picked B, Jason would have been so happy he would have flown out of the room on the wings that would have sprouted out of his back and he would have skyrocketed in the air with his farts. Oh, happy day! Oh, boy. But you didn't choose B, which would have been the big Lebowski. Instead, you chose C. Oh, boy. A movie that is notorious for being bad. Uh Uh-oh. A movie that is so campy that it is prerequisite that you have one of these characters on standby if you're a drag queen. Uh-oh. A movie so hated and loved that there is... <laughs> there was a movie theater in San Francisco where they'd perform the entire thing in drag right below the screen as it was showing. The movie we're going to review next. Okay. Stars Faye Dunaway. Okay. And nobody fucking else oh. as near as I can tell. Uh oh. The hated Mommy Dearest. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
So, if you want to get all the jokes, and now that you know who to blame, oh. go out and watch Mommy Dearest before we do the next review. <laughs> oh, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> Please forgive me. And that's it. Halloween is over. Steve and I will go back to the crypt for another year. <laughs> and by crypt, I mean uh, this is a nice town. who has got a castle. There's a Wendy's nearby. It's You're got like, a lot of the regular amenities. It's nice. That's right. It's We're fine. hoping to get a Carl's Jr. because oh, I like their hamburger. I really hope so. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Too many of the villagers disappear every year. Well, it's always a zoning thing. It's not. I keep killing people. Oh. That's the problem. <laughs> But you want the Carl's Jr. Why don't you it's stop killing people? It's hard to sell. Please, come visit the most dangerous Carl's Jr. You might die. Because I'm just waiting by the drive-thru, ready to pounce. <laughs> it's a known vampire trap, but the every fries are I delicious. Every time I bring Wendy's home, do you think I just happen to buy it out of the kindness of my heart? I'm not eating it. <laughs> That's not ketchup splashed on the bag. <sighs> Anyway, for let late seating, this has been Jason. Goodbye until next Halloween, where I will reconstitute myself from a corpse with a single drop of human blood hardening. And go see a movie this week. (laughs) And this has been Steve, and boy, that was a great Dracula Prince of Darkness reference. Shives. No problem. I know my Dracula is a good one. And remember, you know, he was a good friend of mine. I, I don't, I don't like it when they misrepresent him up on the fucking screen. He was a good man. He will be oh, forever missed. He's a good until we find his dust and I can bring him back. Just a little blood come right back. One drop comes a right back. Drop of blood. He poof right back. And he has clothes on and everything. That's right, because the clothes are part exactly. of the whole bit. It's everything. Anyway, you know what I do? I, I took a page out of from. Uh, from Terry Pratchett and I just keep a vial with some blood in it and if someone poofs me it, the vial hits the oh. ground and I poof right back up there you and go and then I kill the motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> not so funny now is it I was like ah didn't see that coming did you <laughs> ooh big man stake the vampire I'm not some stupid fucking Frankenstein who just lets people set him on fire no sir <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to do my thing where I By say... By the, the way, you can minutes. defeat the Invisible Man with some paint. I just wanted to say that, <laughs> hey, everybody, stupid people in the Invisible Man, which is not the monster movie because he's not a monster. You want to get him? How about, you know, maybe some flour, some paint, anything. You can find him. He leaves footprints. <laughs> just. <laughs> or how about this? Just lock your door. Yes. You want to defeat the Phantom of the Opera? Burn that fucking thing down. <laughs> don't don't go to the opera. <laughs> That's right. And Agent Orange for the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> He's dead Let's by now what... anyway. The Amazon has been on fire for months. <laughs> That's true. Hey, anyone want something cooked <laughs> cooked to a turn and tender? Then hey, the the creature from the oh. Black Lagoon. <laughs> Enough lobster for everybody. And the wolf man, he's just, you know, what kills him? Silver? Silver. Okay. Do, have him do, <laughs> here's an idea. Have him have some teeth work done while he's a human being. <laughs> then when he turns into a werewolf, it'll just explode. His head will explode. He just instantly dies. <sighs> All right, anyway, what were I was, you going to say? I was going I was, I was to do my thing where I say a line from the movie. Okay, go okay. for it. I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. 
See, now That's it feels like kind of anticlimactic. You couldn't mm-hmm. pull a Donald Pleasance quote. Well, we talked about Donald Pleasance's dialogue already. I didn't want to repeat ourselves. But so you just, I hate a guy without a car and no sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, I figured I'd go with him. What if he's a guy with a sense of humor, but he doesn't have a car? Oh, I hate that guy too. <laughs> what if the he's guy got must a have, car? The guy must have a car and a sense of humor. It's the only way it works. What if he has a car, yeah. a sense of humor, and a raising, raging case of herpes? No, no. Wait, no. but you only said those two things. But the herpes can't cancels be splitting out. Hair. No, the, the herpes. You can't be splitting hairs. How about he, a guy with a sense of humor, a car, and he's a racist? Yeah. <laughs> Who is he racist against? Is he racist against everybody or just certain people? Anybody that is not his skin tone. <sighs> nah. That includes sunburned people. <laughs> oh, no, I can't go for that, no. I can't go for that. Wait, is this... Are you looking for someone? No, no, no. I'm just saying, hypothetically, Master. Look, I told you to set up a Tinder. I did. You said that they swiped left so hard they broke their phones. That's what they told me. They would write me emails after You need to ignore them. Look, I'm setting up Monster Twitter. We'll find someone. Okay, I'm just... Okay? Okay. But you've got to be willing to do a dick pic. Stop being so shy. I just... What? You have nothing to be ashamed about. Well, it's just that, you know, you know, it looks exactly like my One face. One is more it? droopy, just like your eye, and there's a haunch on the shaft. It's, Somebody's no. got to be into that. Okay. I just, I need to find somebody soon because, you know, all the Halloween parties are this week. Well, tonight, technically, we're recording yeah. this during the Halloween party. I told you, Mrs. Creature from the Black Lagoon has been looking at you. And oh, really? she put her keys in the bowl. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look at those lips. You know what they can do. What can they do? Let's get to the party. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Prerequisite waiting to see if you're recording. Oh, here we go. Are you recording? Just give it a second. Just Audacity, can you hear me? Give it a second. I think we're good. Okay. If good. if it if it if it's not, I'll just start screaming and you'll know. <laughs> you'll still like, God damn it. <laughs> okay. What's wrong with me? Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Sound like Snaggle puss p- puss ble- uh, pleading for his life. <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd, please. <laughs> I'm not worth the bullet, please. <laughs> I, I got a nothing. family. <laughs> I got kids at home. <laughs> I don't want to exit stage dead. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) All right, ready? Ready. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And... Thanks for listening.